0: welcome to the content culture podcast with your host jessica northy
1: this is jessica with the content culture agency and our guest today is stephanie
0: so my name is stephanie steidel like bridal i am the, the founder and owner of a company called the right brain entrepreneur my experience over 20 years of experience in psychology and a master's in art therapy and what i discovered in my studies and my experience is that few of us have the tools to tap into our innately creative selves. And no matter what area of life we want to expand in, but most especially for business, we need to learn how to tap into that so that we can be resourceful, fulfilled, and effective.
1: Going through the process of having the right brain with the creative brain, and they say left and right is creative, I don't know, but I used to say that I use both sides because I'm a graphic designer, but I've studied business. But what I've noticed that once I get into a lot of that business administrative type of roles, it's really difficult for me to pull myself back into the more creative side. And I found that your exercises did help me. You know, even though I'm a graphic designer, you think that I just live on my, you know, creative side of my, of my brain, but I, I don't. And it's, Not always, you know, because you're thinking logical a lot of the times, too.
0: Yeah, so you're right, Jessica. We're always using both sides of our brain. There is a myth that you're either right-brained or you're left-brained because we're constantly using both hemispheres. However, when, as human beings, we're conditioned and trained through several things, generally education, society, our culture, our family systems— These all contribute to who we become as adults. And unfortunately, these systems are very reliant on a particular way of processing information, what I call left brain thinking. We do know that each hemisphere operates differently. And the left brain is our analytical verbal center. It's pretty risk adverse. It wants to make sure everything's perfect. (laughs) And also, it can be pretty critical. So it's very helpful. It's it's the part of our brain that helps us get things done. And then the right side of our brain is our creative center. It doesn't take in information through language or, or words. It only takes in information through visuals, images. It's also that part of our brain that is creative, intuitive, and emotive. And uh, most of us, by default, when we have a challenge or when we're trying to achieve something in our life, we will automatically go to what we know, which is a left brain process. Because if you even think about, our education system that most of us go through. It's very standardized. It's very much about math and science and languages. The arts are extracurricular. They're the first thing to go when budgets are cut. So there's a value system already on the kinds of thoughts and beliefs that we as humans should be operating through or by. And so when, especially as an entrepreneur, which is going to be completely out of the comfort zone for most of us that are used to being employees. And it's risky, right? It's not for the faint of heart. When we tap into entrepreneurship, we, we have to really learn how to harness our brain's fullest potential and learn how to use that right brain to, to overcome challenges, to problem solve, and to really see the bigger picture for our business as well. That seems very important.
1: I feel like even maybe this is probably something even high school students should learn.
0: Yes, I I wish, you know, I've been recently thinking about possibly just getting more involved in education reform. Sir Ken Robinson is someone that's really great for someone to, if you're interested in learning more about shifting the education paradigm, he does a lot of talks on how creativity is killed in schools and how we need to change our education system to help us flourish more as human beings. Yeah, it's time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So if we all could learn from a younger age to, you know, dance and play a little bit more and honor our differences and what makes us unique and not have it always be about there's only one right answer and learn how to collaborate and learn leadership and communication skills and have more fun, that's going to directly impact in a very positive way our adult lives and and the connections and and ultimately our happiness.
1: Well, it sounds like a great mission to be a part of. So at what point did you, in your process, do you begin coaching your clients about the why? Because that's really what I want to get into today is the importance of it. And I, in our process, I know you started off with it in the beginning and I noticed that I didn't go back to it until much, much later in the process when I got stuck. But I asked when do you start it in the beginning, but do you ever go back to it? How often do you suggest really thinking about that? And what does that mean?
0: Yes. Great question. So because of the way most of us have been conditioned to use our brain, we are very detail oriented and like I said, very analytical. So for example, in the context of starting a business, when you do a search for business courses, you're gonna see the, a lot of them saying, you know, do a business plan, start your website here, get your logo done. So we immediately think we need to start with all these tiny little details because we think that that's what makes a business and it's, it's important, but it's only one part of having a business. And we all wanna generate income and have stability in our lives, so income is important but the statistics are very clear that for those that go into to business just for money they might make a lot of money but at some point they get to an area where they're no longer fulfilled and they have to reevaluate or repivot or or maybe the business doesn't do well because it's not really connected to the business owner on a deeper level and so there's some self sabotage that happens so I always start with why, mainly because it's what's going to make or break you. If your why isn't big enough, the brain will pull you back into your comfort zone. It'll give you all the reasons why you should just go back and get a job or why you shouldn't work on your business today or why you shouldn't make that phone call. So the why has to be bigger. And there's a couple of different kinds of whys. There's the why of your business and there's also the personal why. Ultimately, I find with my clients, when we dive really deep, they're one and the same, but there might be a little bit of a different flavor. So for example, my why is to help people tap into their fullest potential so that they can have the life of their dreams. That's who I am at my core. That's who I am with my family, with my friends and my clients. That's also my business why, but I have some other whys, you know, uh, you know, why do I, why did I go into business? versus maybe just find a, a full-time job that would allow me to do that. Well, freedom is really important to me. That's part of my why. I wanna be able to work from anywhere and have my own schedule. So there's it's kind of like a secondary why and and people really need to know What is it that's really influencing and motivating them? And it can't just be material because they're impermanent. They're very temporary. It's not going to really pull you through. So you have to have that bigger commitment. And you got to start off with that Uh, because it's also going to lend itself to your brand. It's going to help you create your branding, your messaging, build out all those nuts and bolts as well. Here's the thing. The why is probably going to be you can expect to resist it. I even... I don't know if you remember this in the program, but in the video, the training video where I first talk about the why, um, and then we talk about how the why leads into who you're going to serve, that it might make you a little nauseous. Like it's, if it's making you a little bit scared of like, oh, yeah. I'm going to work with these people and this is right. what I'm going to be doing, then it's most likely exactly what you need to be doing. We're, we're learning that even more and more wow. uh, in the personal transformation world is you want to go towards your fear, I mean, obviously don't put yourself in an, a completely unsafe <laughs> environment. You know, you're not right. going to walk through a really dangerous neighborhood. I'm not talking right. about that. But like, if you know that you want to achieve something, but there's a fear there, you can there's no way to go through the fear. Uh, you can't go around it. You have to go through it. And so the why is going to be challenged and it, it'll probably be challenged not only by you by, but also by those around you, because when, especially if it's a pretty big why, it's going to scare other people for a couple of reasons. One, the people closest to you, they want to keep you safe. That's just their natural reaction. They're coming from what they know to be good in their hearts. So they might try to talk you out of it. Oh, you don't really do that. Like, don't do musicians. You know, they don't have any money. Or why would you work with creatives? Like, it's just a dead end. You know, there's all these conditioning that other people have that they'll put onto you. So first of all, you might hear it from other people because right. they're trying to protect you, but also because it shows, them. It, it's like a big mirror where when you start to live out your why, some people will call it your purpose, your calling, your bigger mission, there's lots of different names for it, but it's a reflection to other people of what they're not doing. So if they're not living their why, it's like the crabs in the boiling water they're going to try to pull all their friends down in the water with them so it's an important warning that yes you if you want to have a fulfilled life and career you have to start with why we cannot expect it to be easy in fact there's going to be a lot especially at first there's going to be a lot of internal and external voices that are going to try to convince you to do otherwise and your job is to not lose sight of the end end game, the end result.
1: So crabs in a bucket. I used to say that all the time because the analogy was when you're trying to crawl out of the bucket and you're going to make it, the crab that's underneath of you pulls you down. They really do that to each other. Mm-hmm. So they can't get out and they cannot escape and make a better life.
0: <laughs> so, Yeah, and, and, and that's such an important lesson because we do that as human beings. Probably not consciously. No. But, but if you remember, Remember, I'm sure I drilled this in when we did our work together is that's why you need to have such a supportive community and, and oftentimes it means finding new community. It doesn't mean you're going to disown other people, but listen, if you're going to quit smoking, you can't hang out with your smoker friends. Very few people are going to have enough resilience to be able to not be tempted for at first until you really solidify the new habits, you're probably going to need to hang out with other people who aren't smoking or do different activities. It's also, you know, why people who, you know, couples, like if one person wants to lose weight, it's very hard to lose weight if the other person isn't on board, because all of a sudden it's like, Oh, what's the big deal? Just have this piece of fried chicken or just, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it, it's going to be very important to have a supportive Community, people that get it, people that are going to lift you up during this process, because generally the people that are closest to us, because they love us so much, unless they are entrepreneurs themselves, they're just not going to get it. They're going to view it through their filter.
1: So I I was, you know, curious throughout your client's journey. So when should they check in with their why? Is there, you know, maybe thirty days? That's a good idea. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. I. I went off on a tangent. I got so passionate. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that I had you do and also all of my clients is I have them create a vision board. Vision board, it's not just some woo woo thing. We're tapping into the right brain so that we can actually uncover your why, some aspects of your why. But it's also meant to be a permanent reminder and motivating factor for you as you move through. So I recommend maybe if someone doesn't wanna do a vision board, they can do something else where they're at least writing down their goals or they're writing a story of their vision and then they, re, you know, they have it up on a wall where it's always there. As soon as it becomes wallpaper and you don't notice it anymore, then you need to change it so that you do it. Um, I, you know, I, Some people I know, they revisit their why every day. It's a part of their morning practice, part of their meditation. That's one possibility, uh, but uh, you know, other times, It really depends on the person and it depends on how much resistance might be coming up. And you definitely want to check in once resistance is is there. And by resistance, I mean things such as procrastination or, um, you know, if you're finding you're not taking action or you're finding that there's fears that are coming up or anxieties, you have to revisit your why. Because when you are playing that big game of the why, all the little stuff no longer is important. Right? When you, if, you're, if I'm trying to end world hunger, making a phone call and risking rejection is such a small problem in regards to or in comparison to you know, ending world hunger. Right? So we have to kind of check our ego a little bit. And it's not easy. So, so it depends on, on the why. Um, I would say it's really, I can't really give you like a concrete thing. I would say at least once a month is helpful. But you might, you might need to do it more often. And then especially if you find that you're stuck or struggling, then you've got to go back to why am I really doing this, especially in the days when you want to quit. Because um, it's going to be really easy to quit if you aren't connected to the why. And now
1: that you say that, I probably should do it more often.
0: If I may add real quickly, the why becomes a compass for you. So it helps you to make what would otherwise be difficult decisions. If you know where you're going and you have an opportunity that's in front of you, all you need to ask yourself is this a, is, is this aligned with my why or not? And if the answer is a resounding no, then your answer is no. If it's a yes, then it's a yes, right? So then you have this measuring stick uh, that you can use to make decisions both in your life and uh, in your business. So. That's another good time to use the why is whenever you have a a big important decision to make.
1: I don't want to digress too much, but really easy to get pulled into a different direction if you don't know your why.
0: This is very true. And, you know, in some circumstances, I would say this is more rare. Uh, you, You might need to say yes to a lot of things in order to have a deeper understanding of your why and what fits and what doesn't. But generally, if you know what your why is, we end up shooting ourselves in the foot if we say yes. And, and it's common. It's, you know, there's no reason to be ashamed because we all do it. You know, say we really need the money. We might say yes to something. And there might be circumstances where that's actually aligned to your why. Okay, I actually, I'm won't enjoy doing this, but it's a short-term project. It's going to put a couple thousand dollars um, uh, into my pocket that I can then invest into my business, right? So you could make a decision as you could turn it into something that actually is aligned. Uh, But at a certain point, it's going to, the cost will be worse for you to take unaligned opportunities because it will distract you but also you will most likely not do very well in those opportunities because on a deeper level it doesn't feel aligned so you won't show up as your best self you won't do what you know you need to do and a lot of it might happen subconsciously you might not even be aware that you're sabotaging this opportunity but it's it's I had it too it's a scarcity mindset it's like if i don't say yes to this nothing else will show up then i'm you know, right. Screwed, <laughs> but yeah. really, we have to start to practice an abundance mindset. One of my favorite quotes is uh, from a mentor of mine was that every rejection is protection. And so, kind of taking on this idea that of trust, it's a little bit more woo woo y of this kind of faith that um, by continuing to say no to the things that aren't aligned, it's going to send a message to the universe to only send you things that are aligned. And that has been my experience, is the more I've said no to things that aren't aligned, the faster and quicker I started to get opportunities that were were in my best interest and in the best interest of others.
1: That's very powerful, completely changes the mindset. And coming back to the right brain, how does knowing your why for your business affect the right brain? Is that more of a creative thought pattern?
0: Yes, of course, and we're starting to see things shift in the business world where people are starting to pay more attention to their brand, their message, their mission, their vision. But it, it, it's the right brain is very big pictured. So it can see multiple solutions to a problem. That's why it's so good at being creative. The left brain is very detail oriented. It can go in and onto the little nuances. So it's great when you do need to organize and, and get into action. The the why in essence is very much right brained because you are looking at your business and your life from the bigger picture perspective. And it offers you more opportunities, right? Because if you have this big playground of a why to play in, you're gonna come up with a lot more cooler ideas and opportunities and different ways to fulfill on that versus if you pigeonhole yourself into one tiny little thing. So that's where people often get very confused with like a mission versus a vision. Your mission is usually like time it's measured measured within time. So you have a mission within five years, we want to decrease homelessness by 50%. But your vision is different. Your vision is, you know, we imagine a world and everything that we do is to end homelessness and make sure that every human being has a roof over their head. So there's a little bit different, you know, in that vision A lot of cool things can happen and you don't have to be attached to how it looks as long as you get there. The mission, right, if you want to uh, decrease homelessness within by 50%, then you have to be a lot more specific. So it's important to not get too caught up in that. That's why the why you want to maintain that as the bigger picture, that right brain, because it's going to allow for more possibilities.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that distinction. So is there anything else you'd like to add or share that we haven't any projects you're working on or?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting that this is this conversation is happening right when I point where I'm possibly going to be re- rebranding my own business, because the important thing to note is the why is always, it's not a static thing. So it's always going to evolve. I mean, ultimately, I'm always going to be helping people tap into their fullest potential. But how I fulfill on that can change and evolve. And there's a, I'm, I'm in that inquiry right now. But what's helping me is knowing that, okay, why I know that my bigger why is probably not going to change. It might shift in a few tiny, small ways, but it leaves me space to be like, oh, well, maybe I could go do this thing and I could do that thing as long as I'm still fulfilling on that bigger why. So it's also I think just important to distinguish the why versus the the brand because again the why is the it's meant to not really change drastically the how the brand the messaging that can all change uh, but that it's it's important to know that that's it's not equivalent to the why, and that's kind of exactly what I'm going through myself is like okay, I think there might be a different way that I want to fulfill on my why, and I don't know what that looks like, so I'm kind of going through my own introspective journey to understand that on a deeper level. And there's nothing wrong with that because everything I've done up until now has led until to what I'm doing. And what I do in the future is probably not going to be a huge pivot. It's just going to be a different variation or chapter two or chapter three. So I think it's important for people to have some flexibility and understanding that you know, if they put all their time and effort into a project for three years and then they realize, okay, this is no longer fulfilling for me, I wanna do something else, it doesn't mean the why is wrong. It just means you've, you've fulfilled on that first chapter of your why and now it's time to go into chapter two. The last thing I wanted to mention about the why is this is something that's really difficult to do on your own and i have even hired another expert to help me to fully dive even more into my purpose and why because i've already done a lot of work but it doesn't mean there isn't another level to go into so i do recommend anyone that's listening that's really interested in getting you know to know their why you know you you know, get a coach you know even just doing a course is a great first step but oftentimes we're, we need an, a, the reflection of someone else because even when we're doing a, a do it yourself course we're kind of still using the same brain that gets us stuck to do the work. Um, And it's very easy to fall back into old patterns or not have that work for us. So I would recommend finding someone who can help you discover your why, you know, it's not going to be found in a book. Unfortunately, it's, it's a very interactive process. So that, that would just be my my recommendation is that if you're struggling to land on it uh, you definitely need some outside help.
1: I agree. And there's definitely nothing wrong with, asking for help in, in something that's such a foundational point of everything that you do moving forward. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times a person's why is based on their life experiences. And most of the time it's from something that is very vulnerable mm-hmm. and hard to share with others. But when other people share that vulnerability with me, it does create openness and um, trust in a way. And sometimes it's really hard to get that um, just with a website or some cool branding.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was another another mentor, I've had many, said, once said that your mess becomes your message. And especially for creatives and artists, and there's a lot of people out there that are also trying to showcase their work. And I don't say that to to discourage because no matter where you go, there's going to be competition, honestly. Yes. But there's no one like you, so you have to own your unique gifts, but also your unique story and your mess. And I love that. Yeah, and, and own that like everything you've been through up until now it's, you're still here. You're still alive. You made it. (laughs) So consider that there was a purpose of sorts to that and look at, okay, what have I learned and how can I use this to, to strengthen my message, to connect to my audience, to my fans. I have a very good friend. She was my matron of honor. She's a coach for musicians and, you know, she tackles the nuts and bolts and stuff, but If you were to follow her on Instagram or Facebook, she's doing a lot of Facebook Lives about like, oh, I'm having this bad day. What am I doing about it? Oh, I had this snafu. Let's talk about the the emotional troubles of a musician and how do we deal with these things? So, you know, and that's that's her style. She's being authentic and vulnerable. And I agree with you, Jessica. I think the more that we can bring that uh, into play, the more we're going to connect and the more we're going to attract people because the stats are in, you know, we want to do business. We want to connect and partner with people that are up to cool stuff, up to things that matter, that make a difference. And we want to do it with people who are being real. You can't do that if you're not willing to be vulnerable.
1: I agree. The perfection thing I think affects a lot of people.
0: We can't relate to them if they're perfect. No. Yeah, people buy you. So, you know, your content can be great, but... If it doesn't show you who you are, it's gonna be really hard for people to connect to you. You can't get around being yourself. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's gonna be really true. hard because people, you know, you know how when someone's like not being authentic, you can kind of sniff it out. Like we can tell. We yes. we are, we're smart as human beings, so people can sniff out when you're not being real. So stop <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> I know. I think. I call it my spidey senses.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're
1: just there. You just know it.
0: Yeah.
1: That was a great interview and very, very helpful. Um you had thank some thank great, for great having me. Yeah, of course. I know I'm gonna be really excited whenever you launch your calling it a rebrand or
0: I don't know. I'm still in that mysterious place of not knowing what it looks like. I'm kind of going back to the why and flushing it out a little mm. bit more.
1: Well, have you gotten out into nature?
0: Um, It's hard not to here in San Diego. I've been spending a lot of time at the beach.
1: Just try to connect with appreciating nature. I find that I go back in the house and all of a sudden, like, I've got all these ideas. I don't know what happens. I just feel like getting outside of the four walls that, you know, we're we're always
0: in. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that the magical thing? You know, you just, you just said it so perfectly, Jessica. I think it's a great way to end this interview It's like, if you can get out of the four walls that you're in, (laughs) you know, the answer will come. Change up your environment, get out, you know, find a way to break through the walls of your mind. Like, it's just a perfect metaphor for like, just, just take one step outside and have another perspective and, and you'll figure it out.
1: Awesome definitely a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I look forward to being in touch soon. Okay. Thank you.